The Productive Woman, Episode 335. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. In this episode, I am continuing our new for 2021 Productive Living series. If you haven't already heard the first episode in that series, do check out episode 331, in which I talked with physician and life coach Aaron Wiseman about career burnout. This episode features my conversation with certified personal trainer and CEO Jennifer Nagel about fitness and how it fits into a meaningfully productive life. You'll find more information about Jennifer, along with links to resources she recommends and the ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 335. This episode is brought to you by Calm. You know, we all love sleep and most of us probably want more of it. But rather than getting a solid night's rest, we often, or at least I certainly often find myself scrolling social media or reading the news when we should be powering down for the night. That's why I'm excited to partner with Calm, the app designed to help you ease stress and get the best sleep of your life. And when you relieve anxiety and improve your sleep, you feel better in every part of your life. Calm has a whole library of programs designed for healthy sleep. That includes things like soundscapes, guided meditations, and over a hundred sleep stories narrated by soothing voices like Stephen Fry, Kelly Rowland, Laura Dern, and so many more. Over 85 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds and get better sleep. And as I've said before, I am one of those millions of people. It really has made a huge difference for me in my ability to fall asleep and stay asleep. I like their soundscapes. They're just soothing to listen to and they help me relax. But the sleep stories in particular, uh, they have some great stories there that at least the beginnings are great. I've, I've seriously never heard the end of one because I, even on those nights when I'm just having, I'm wide awake and having a hard time falling asleep. I turn on one of these sleep stories and I have every single time fallen asleep well before the end. So they, they really do work. I don't know the science behind it. I don't know why, but I know that for me, they absolutely work. And I suspect they may work for you as well, because there are so many people that are using them. And if you go to calm.com slash TPW, you can take advantage of a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription. That subscription includes hundreds of hours of programming. They have a free version. There are a free series that you can try out, but the the premium version is well worth the price, even without the 40% off. It's just, they have such a huge library of things that can help you not only with falling asleep because they, like I said, they have these guided meditations and and these things that you can use at other times of the day. Uh, But with this special offer, you can get access to all of their programming and experience a transformation in the way you sleep. So as I said, for listeners of The Productive Woman, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off their premium subscription. Just go to calm, that's C-A-L-M, calm.com slash T-P-W to get 40% off unlimited access to their entire library. They have new content being added every week. Get started today at calm.com slash T-P-W. Once more, that's calm, C-A-L-M, calm.com slash T-P-W. And now let's get into my conversation with Jennifer. I am delighted to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Jennifer Nagel. Jennifer is a certified personal trainer and the CEO of Figured Out Fitness. She helps women over 30 who want simple nutrition and fitness solutions that they can be strong, 
feel energetic, and live healthy lives. Her practical advice has been featured in My Fitness Pal, Pop Sugar Fitness, and Well Plus Good. And when she's not coaching, you can find her watching sappy Netflix original movies, A Woman After My Own Heart, embarrassing her kids, also A Woman After My Own Heart, and planning her next travel adventure with her hubby. I've been looking forward to talking with Jennifer about how paying attention to our health and fitness can help us make a life that matters. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you, Laura. It's really great to talk with you today, and I'm excited to share some great advice for your listeners. Well, I, this is a, a topic that's of great interest to me as a woman well over 30. Uh, you know, managing my own health and fitness is important to me because I, I don't mind getting older, but I don't want to be old and decrepit. I want to be able to enjoy my life as I get older and, and remain active. And so I'm, I'm real interested in hearing some of the things that you're going to have to say. But before we get started, maybe uh, I gave a little bit of an introduction to you, but maybe you could start by telling us a little more about who you are, where you are, what you do, whatever you think will be useful for us to know as we get into this conversation about health, fitness, and productivity. Yeah, I, I'd love to tell you a little bit more about me. I live in Michigan. Um, it's nice and balmy and warm. No, just kidding. <laughs> but um, I actually ne- didn't start off in health and fitness. This is a second career for me. I always loved exercise. I love nutrition. My degree is in food science, but I actually had a career in higher education and strategy and operations. And everyone's like, well, how in the heck did you make that transition? And it really came from a set of big changes in my life, not necessarily good ones. So, you know, when I was in my early thirties, I went through a divorce and then I became a single mom. And at the exact same time, I got a big promotion, which sounds really great. But at that time in my life where I was completely starting over and trying to navigate being a single parent and all the other emotions (laughs) that go along with those things, um, adding that big new job was incredibly stressful. I mean, and it broke me. So I went from having pretty good health routines and having a lot of support around me to barely sleeping and living off of diet, Dr. Pepper and peanut butter, and just being so stressed and anxious trying to make everything perfect for my child who is also going through this major transition. And, you know, burnout, (laughs) burnout would be an understatement to what happened to me mentally, emotionally, and physically. But I just really had a complete breakdown moment. And it kind of coalesced into, I just felt really terrible one day. I took myself to the doctor and my doctor looked at all my numbers and then diagnosed me with high blood pressure. And I was only 31. So it scared me. It scared me because I'm like, gosh, in six, nine months, I went from being a really healthy, you know, individual to now being on medication and and I, all the people that I was trying to support, like my daughter and being a good family member, being good at work. I realized that would never, ever, it's never going to work if I don't take care of myself first. So that's how I really started getting back into fitness and very seriously. So over time, I started to, of course, exercise more, eat better, thankfully kicking my diet doctor <laughs> pepper habit. And then I started getting fitness certifications. And then I started coaching and teaching and training. And I loved it. I loved helping other people who were a lot like me, career women, parents, people who are just struggling to figure out how to put it all together. I really enjoyed helping them figure out this part of their life because it was such a game changer for me. I ended up getting remarried to someone else who was in the fitness industry. And now we have a very different type of lifestyle where we very much focus on our health and fitness and our kids see that in us. We're so much happier. I am, you know, thankfully I've retired the peanut butter jar as my main meal. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, when I started my business a few years ago, I knew that there were so many people who were just like me who were struggling and I wanted to help them. So I made the bold decision to leave a long-term career where I was very successful and start something new in the online space, which at the time was probably up there with like 
witchcraft and tarot cards. (laughs) (laughs) But I absolutely love what I do. Now we get to work with women from all around the world, a lot of uh, busy women who are just looking for solutions in their life. And and that's kind of how I got to where I am now. I'm really excited about the transition and the shift that I made. And it all started with a you know, the worst part of my life. Isn't it interesting how that happens? I think for a lot of us, we hit uh, a roadblock or a, you know, some sort of trauma in our life, emotional, physical, or whatever, and it can turn things around. We can, we can, uh, we can make of it, I guess, what we choose. It can either, you know, devastate us or we can, we can make something better out of it. Yes, definitely. I mean, and that was the thing. I, I had a choice when I was in that doctor's office. I'm like, well, I could keep going like I'm going and I may not be around or I can try to figure out how to change things. And and I think a lot of us are at that point, maybe not that dire, but especially in these last several months of the pandemic, what I've noticed is a lot of people are just kind of taking stock and and reevaluating and, and asking themselves what's important and their health, their fitness, longevity and energy. And that not even necessarily weight loss, although that can be a part of the equation, but health and fitness and feeling good and being healthy and being active seems to start to bubble up to the top of the list. Because when you get to a point where everything else is falling apart, you start to take stock and say, what is really important to me? And so we've been helping people, you know, move into that to help them, you know, discover how they can start to move their health and fitness up to the top of the priority list. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. So I want to talk about, and the, and the reason I wanted to, why I invited you to come and be on the show and talk with me is because at least in my experience, my relationship with my body and fitness and all those sorts of things are a very important component of productivity in all the senses that we talk about it on this podcast, not only in my ability to get the things done that are important to me, but also just in the general sense of making a life that matters. And so, uh, I've never been an athlete in my life. Uh, I know some of the women who listen to this podcast are, some are not. I want to start by uh, talking about fitness and and exercise and those things and how they fit into productivity, how they contribute to productivity, but maybe start with what does fitness or, or being fit mean to you? When we talk about that through the rest of this conversation, what does that mean? What are we talking about here? Are we talking about, you know, weightlifting and, and bodybuilding and getting buff or is, is there something else or different? Yeah, it's definitely deeper than getting buff. Although I do like lifting weights. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely deeper than that. I think it all boils down to can your body support you in doing the things that are important to your life? Mm. So a lot of times I like to define that in terms of energy and mobility and being able to move and do the activities and have the energy, have the clarity and the focus in order to do the things that are really important to you. I know, like I love to exercise. I love lifting. I love that stuff, but that's my passion. Mm-hmm. Most people have lots of different types of passions, but at the core of it, all of our passions require a healthy body, a clear mind so that we can focus and have the ability to do the things that are important. I just had a coaching session actually this morning with one of my clients and when we were boiling down like the the root of the thing that we wanted to work on with her, it was not anything about food or movement. It was about helping her get a good night's sleep. So when she woke up in the morning and started working on her business and those types of things that she was clear. I think everyone's definition of health is slightly different or fitness is slightly different, but at the core of it is, can we mentally and physically be in a place, a healthy place where we can do the things that we truly, truly love? So going back to my story, when I asked myself that question about, you know, what is it that was truly important to me at that time, it was being a good parent, it was showing up at work. And in order to do that, I actually had to take care of myself because when I wasn't, I could not possibly be present in those other areas that were incredibly important to me at that time. Mm. And so 
You've already kind of touched on this, but maybe we could go into it a little bit more about how does our level of physical fitness, as you've just described it, our body's ability to support the things we want to do. I think I loved that. How does our level of physical fitness affect our productivity? How, you know, whether it's regular exercise or whatever, how can that help us to be more productive in the sense of getting the things done that we want to do and just generally living a meaningfully productive life. Yeah. Well, I'll divide that up into two categories because I'm, I'm only chuckling because I can think of one example in one of the categories. So there's, you know, the physical productivity and actually just being able to get up and do things. Mm-hmm. And then there's that, I'll call it the mental productivity. So physically, when we're taking care of our bodies, we're able to have good mobility. We're flexible. We're stretching. We don't get injured. That was something that used to happen to me a lot. I would tweak my back or I would have, you know, some sort of ailment, or my knee would hurt. And when you're in pain and when you're not moving well, it really does have an impact on everything else. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had an injury, but my goodness, I remember when I had that little back thing that um, several years ago. I couldn't focus on anything. So nothing was getting done because all I could think about was that I didn't feel good. My body wasn't working right. I had to say no to things that I really wanted to say yes to. So just having a healthy body. And, you know, when we look at exercise, there are really a few pillars. There's the bat, there's balance and flexibility, strength, cardiovascular health. So, you know, when you are healthy, thinking about all those four pillars, you're not in and out of doctors, you're not feeling terrible and your mind, your energy, your mind uh, focus can really go to those things that are important. Then you've got the mental productivity side where anybody who exercises regularly will tell you there's confidence, there's clarity, there's focus that comes when you have a regular physical routine. There's a huge feeling of accomplishment just simply by getting, let's say you you said, I'm, I said, I'm going to do three 20 minute sessions this week and I did it and I feel really good. Or if you do like weightlifting, hey, I hit a PR and I, a personal record or a personal best. I was able only to lift five pounds last week and this week I can lift seven and a half. I mean, These are things that really do have an impact on our confidence and our feeling of ability and just, you know, having, again, that confidence and clarity and focus. So I really think that if those are the two categories in which most people will can report back their increases in productivity, I mean, simply things like I was able to walk around the block. I had the energy to go to these meetings. I have a lot of clients who travel a lot. The travel is less harsh on their bodies. So there's just a lot of both physical and mental components that it can improve. And there are a lot of leadership studies that have been done as well, um, that people who are exercising are just in essence more productive simply because they have better energy. They they um, are much more clear, which are some of the traits that are needed to to lead people and do major projects and have the, just the stamina to, to tackle difficult problems. Yeah. Those are all such important factors. I think for all of us, one thing that I've noticed, and I noticed this first back when I was in law school. So this was quite some time ago was the the stress relief that I got from, from physical activity. When I was studying for exams in law school and anybody who's been to law school, you know, your entire grade for any semester long course is all based on one exam at the end of the semester. And so it's very stressful and preparing for that. And I would, I had a stationary bike in the room that I studied in and I would, after a session of studying for an hour or two or whatever, would get on that bike and just pedal myself into a sweat. And I I would just feel the stress kind of, I don't know, (laughs) oozing off of me as my shoulders dropped down from around my ears where they were while I was frantically studying and trying to cram all this information into my head. Um, what What can you tell us about that component? Because I think when you are at least for me, when I am stressed out, whether it's, you know, back when I was in law school studying or now when I'm working on something for clients, just whatever's going on in life, I feel 
um, I am distracted. I have a harder time concentrating and focusing when I'm so stressed that, like I said, my shoulders go up to my ears and, and I see a difference when I get on the treadmill and for half an hour or whatever, what are your thoughts on that piece of it? Oh, absolutely. Exercise is a great stress reliever, um, especially when, when you're not overdoing it. <laughs> um, technically, exercise is a, quote, physical stress on the body. However, when you're working out, you're doing things like breathing or, mm. you know, when you have that anxious feeling that you described when you were in law school or studying or for me, I had a tough meeting um, this isn't my former job. If I had a tough meeting on policies and stuff like that, I would, I'd um, actually did kickboxing. It was great to punch <laughs> something or hit something <laughs> or get it out. And so I do think it's a natural stress reliever because they're, they're a healthy outlet for you to get those emotions or that anxiety out. I also think that the breathing, you know, mm-hmm. when you're exercising, you're naturally, your heart rate's going to increase. There's more blood flow going throughout your body and breathing in and of itself is a great stress reducer. I think it also gives you an element of me time. You know, I, I exercise first thing in the morning on purpose because it is the one, it's almost like my date with myself. So it's that time that I get just for me. And so if every day I'm moving for myself or exercising for myself or doing something for myself, that, that sets up the rest of my day so that I'm not so anxious. I take a moment and have that time to just let everything else go. So, you know, that stress hormone cortisol is real and without proper outlets for especially that mental and emotional stress, it can really build up and cause health problems. It can cause, you know, to, you to maintain fat in places that are not very healthy. And this year is such a great example of needing, <laughs> needing a stress outlet, whether you've, um, a lot of people are stressed with the pandemic and changes that have happened economically and, and, you know, with the past election in the U S there's a lot of stress going on. So being able to go for a walk, get fresh air, breathe a little bit, get on the bike, you know, move is, is an excellent way to dissipate that stress. So assuming that we, you know, we all can acknowledge the benefits of regular exercise, regular movement, and we can talk maybe in a minute about how that can play out depending on a woman's, you know, age and circumstances and all those other things. But one of the things that I thought about as, as I was preparing to talk with you is uh, as women, uh, many of us have a, 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 I'll I'll say complicated relationship with our bodies, whether it's how it looks or how it works for us. Uh, We judge ourselves harshly. We feel maybe inadequate. I wonder in your work with women, you know, as a fitness coach and all the sorts of things that you do, what are some of the, the body image challenges you're seeing in the women you work with and how does that affect the rest of their lives, uh, you know, in, in the sense of being productive, however they might define that? Laura, that is such a great question because that is a huge thing that comes up a lot. One of the primary things that I see, and like I said, I work with women over 30, which again is a wide range of ages, but I work with people who are kind of in the part of their life where, you know, um, performance, looking good, feeling good, feeling good in front of other people is a big deal to them. And we're also a generation of women who've grown up with imagery around what good looks like. Mm. Um, lately there have been a lot of, uh, there's a more of a body acceptance and body positive movement. We didn't get that growing up. We got, you know, very thin models, (laughs) all sorts of stuff. And I think a lot of times when I speak with women, the first thing is just understanding what healthy and fit and good looks like and having a realistic understanding of, um, where they would like to be you know, it's not normal for everybody to necessarily be a size two. And if you're a size two, that's fine. But a lot of times people will fixate on this number on the scale or a size and feel like they can't be in a good space unless they are there. They can have so many other positive health markers or positive fitness changes, uh, you know, low blood pressure and low body fat. But if they're not at this number or the size that it's wrong somehow, So that's a big thing. And especially if you combine that with women who are high achievers, 
that can be, it can be a little bit of a dangerous cocktail because, you know, then it, it can become, I don't want to say a borderline obsessive and, and, or, you know, that's not necessarily a positive, healthy fitness behavior. So just first of all, having a realistic expectation about what good looks like for you. And then the second thing is we are such compare we compare ourselves to other people so we see all these messages and i i'm blaming like slim fast and all these like diet companies that popped up and give you all their success stories like so-and-so lost 20 pounds in five minutes or (laughs) so-and-so you know went from being frail to climbing mountains and i think there's this expectation or we're comparing ourselves to these people who don't really exist. I mean, most people, for example, in a weight loss journey, it's slow. It's very slow. And people will feel like I'm doing something and then they get discouraged if it's not happening fast enough. Mm -hmm. So comparison, unreal expectations about what good looks like are usually the two big ones that come up for me um, when I'm working with women, especially high achieving women who are all about getting a good result and getting it really, really fast. Yeah, I, I can so relate to that. It's, it's so hard to not compare yourself to what you see out there. It's funny, just this morning, I was watching a video for, you know, exercises, I guess, strength training kinds of things for women over 50. Mm -hmm. And the woman who was demonstrating this was, you know, she's somewhere over 50, I don't know. But of course, she's quite fit in the sort of traditional sense that you were describing. And she has a nice flat tummy. And she was doing all these like core exercises. And I was thinking, I've given birth to five children. And I have, you know, my weight has fluctuated over the years for various reasons. I don't know that I'll ever have a flat tummy ever again. And I come from a long line of fluffy women who kind of carry their weight around the middle anyway. And I started to kind of feel bad of like, why should I even bother going up and working out? I'm never going to look like that. And, and I had to catch myself and say, I don't have to look like that. <laughs> I just want to be strong and healthy enough to run around with my grandkids when they come visit and, you know, do the other things that are important to me. But that, that comparison monster is just always lurking there, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. And I love what you said about why I realized that's not what I wanted. And that's the key. It's like, you have to define that for yourself. I mean, I am, I'm a former bodybuilder. I'm over 40. So I've been really small and very muscular and tight and, and these days, and I know what it takes to maintain that, which is a lot. (laughs) And I ask myself these days, like, do I really want that? And it's like, yes, I want to feel attractive. I want to feel healthy in my skin, but what does that actually look like? And so I, it took a little bit of a mental shift, even for me as a fitness professional to remember that I don't have to be a size zero to feel good in my skin. You know, I don't have to do all this other stuff because I, I'm not willing to give up, to do the things that it would take to maintain that size for me. So now I'm like, well, what's healthy? I want to be able to be strong. I still want to strength train. I don't want to get injured. (laughs) I want to be able to eat a variety of foods that make me feel good. And then, you know, but also stay healthy from the inside, have good cardiovascular health and low blood pressure. And so once I start thinking about that, I define my own goals around health and fitness. And then I create my own, you know, daily routine to maintain that. But the first step is to say, what does this look like for me? And for some people, they might want a flat tummy and they can totally do that. But they, you have to also understand what that, what that means and what it's going to take to maintain that. But most people, honestly, if you, you, you know, stripped away all the things that they're seeing on TV or looking at magazines really are like, Hey, I just want to feel good. I want to be able to wear some clothes without squeeze them on. I want to go to the doctor and not look away or have the doctor scold me for whatever numbers that don't look good. And, you know, and finding a plan and healthy habits to maintain that are far more exciting than trying to look at the lady doing all her crunches with a, you know, strategically placed beads of sweat on her six pack abs and like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'll never be that person. (laughs) Oh, I love that. So, so 
thinking about all of that, the things we've talked about, the the benefits of regular movement, uh, whatever that may mean, um, both physically and how we look and emotionally and mentally and all the things that come from it. I think most of us as, you know, women of the 21st century know those things are good, but many women, most of us have a lot on our plates. Many of us are managing various roles. We may have a career, a family, we're involved in community service, maybe caring for parents, especially as, you know, as we get older. And so even though we know it's important, uh, I think exercise is often one of the first things we drop when our days are full. And so what do you say to a woman who says, yeah, I get all that, but I just don't have time for fitness. I have too much to do. That, what do you, what do you say to that woman? And that's a lot of us. I was going to say that's pretty much most women. <laughs> I mean, it's that we don't exercise, not from a lack of information or understanding why it's important. It's rare that I come across people who don't know that it's important. It's the how. And so one of the things that we really specialize in is habit coaching, Mm -hmm. because I think one of the big things, and I'm guilty of this with a lot of things in my life, and I continue to work on this, is when we look at setting, let's say, a health and fitness goal, we set this big, gigantic goal, and then it's feels nearly impossible to, you know, actually achieve it. But if we take that goal and break it down into the tiniest of habits, and I would love to say I take credit for this, but I'm a huge fan of Atomic Habits Mm. um, by James Clear and The Power of Habit, those types of books. Because at the end of the day, if you take something like, um, you know, uh, I'd like to start strength training five times a week. Let's say that's one of your goals. Well, that feels almost impossible if you've been strength training no times a week and you don't know what to do. So then let's break it down. Well, what if I just strength trained once a week? Or what if I learned how to, you know, do six of the core compound exercises? And then maybe it's like one day and you break that habit down into like each day, I'm going to learn about and try to execute one exercise. And that might seem little and insignificant, but if you start to do that and take one day a week, let's say Monday, I'm going to learn how to do a squat and I'm going to squat and I'm going to practice it. And then I'm going to give myself a high five because I did it. And then maybe Wednesday, I'll try another exercise, one of the core six core exercises for strength training. So it might take three or four weeks, but eventually you're going to get to all six and feel very confident in doing that. Then you can layer on or stack the next habit in your strength training journey. Well, the next month, I'm going to do three exercises and do um, 15 minutes of strength training. And then I'll move on. I'll, you know, I'll try that twice a week. And so you move on and do that. And so over time, you start to really build up your skills and build habits around this, this big goal. And it may not be tomorrow that you go from zero to training five times a week, but in a couple of months, that's very doable. You've broken it down into little habits. The other thing is attaching it to things that you might already do. So, so Let's say you're getting up in the morning and be, while your coffee is brewing, you're practicing these exercises. So you, you're stacking it on top of things that you normally do. And then you're taking little snippets of time, just a couple minutes. And then as you become more confident, as you rack up some wins in those areas, as you master that habit, you move on to the next one. So I think that's the thing. We, we're so programmed that it has to be big in order for it to be significant. But in actuality, you want it to be really small and manageable. And then it's something that you can easily do each day. Mm -hmm. So again, think about how do you break down your big goal into little small two-minute habits and then add them slowly, master them over time, and then you can add additional habits to get to that next step in your goal. If you approach your fitness, your business, your life, your relationships in that same way, I think a lot of these things become so much more manageable and a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. I've often noted that uh, how important it is to realize that the things we do every day 
however small they might be, matter much, much more than the big grand gestures we do every once in a while. Exactly. As you and I are talking, it's the end of 2020. Uh, but as folks are listening to this, it'll be, you know, near the, in the beginning of the 2021. And my experience in the past is that January is, uh, for instance, a time when people make these decisions that I'm going to, you know, do this big thing. I'm going to like the gyms are always packed in January because people have started, uh, you know, their new resolution to get fit. And by the beginning of February, it's pretty much cleared out because we go in there with this big goal and are going to spend all this time and lift all these weights. And, and then we hurt ourselves or, you know, we wear ourselves out and can't sustain that. So we give up and, and go back to, you know, eating Doritos on the couch. So for those who want to make a commitment to improving their fitness, but who don't have maybe the time or the money, say, to join a gym or, you know, while COVID's continuing, maybe gyms in, in their area are not available and they don't have the time or money to invest maybe in a bunch of equipment for a home gym, what are a couple of things that we can do to start developing and improving our fitness without having to make a big time or money investment right out of the gate? Laura, I love this question because most of my clients work out from home and most people are not, you know, walking around with a complete home gym. So we do a lot of things that are low or no equipment. Um, and first, you know, I want to encourage people. I hope I, I want people to still have a big vision about their health. I think it's important to, to have like begin with the end in mind and have a vision for where you'd like to be, but also give yourself permission and grace to start small. And one of the small things that I always recommend people start with is a little bit of strength training and, and small, you don't need it. You do not need any weights to strength train. Your body weight is plenty resistance enough. And I may have mentioned, I think I alluded to the fact that there are six core exercises. They're compound exercises, which means that they work more than muscle group. And they're also functional exercises that mimic things that we do in our everyday lives. So that's where I would start with getting to know those six exercises, which are the squat, the deadlift, um, overhead press, rows, chest presses or push-ups, or where you're pressing a away from the ground or a wall, and then um, I think pull-ups or pull-downs. Because if you think about each of those movements, you know, bending over to pick something up off the ground is, you know, your deadlift, or reaching to put a box on the top shelf, that's an overhead press. These are the types of very basic movements that you're going to do anyway, so we might as well start to strengthen the muscles to do that. Plus, the way you put them together, you can add a cardiovascular component to that. You can do whatever. But it's a, such a good strength training is such a good foundation because, you know, from a if you're if your goal is getting stronger, obviously, strength training is helpful there. If your goal is weight loss. There's a, a wonderful hormonal component to strength training and building muscle turns your body into a fat burning machine. If you're simply just looking for more mobility and flexibility, like I said, these six core functional exercises can help you improve that as well. So I always love to help people start with just basic strength training, learning those six core exercises and doing them at home. And you don't necessarily have to do six all at once. Just use the, you know, what I was talking about with habits. Maybe you start with one or two and master that. And then you can put them together and say, all right, well, now I'm going to do um, two sets of 10 squats, and then I'll do push-ups against the wall for a couple of sets, and I'm going to call it good, and then move on to the next thing. So I think a great way to start with a simple home strength training uh, workout would be to look for look at those six compound exercises that I named, start to master them, and then put them together in a way that allows you to incorporate it into your routine slowly and over time. And do you have any resources or, or a place where someone can go to, to kind of find what those exercises are and wh what's the proper way to do them? Any place you can direct yeah. us for that? Absolutely. I have a lot of great resources. Um, I have a, a free Facebook community called Modern Women Getting Fit. Um, and I host a lot of trainings. There's a lot of information and exercise demonstrations and 
little mini coaching sessions where people can, and it's all free. So people can go and access those. In fact, last week we just did um, a, a coaching session on those six core exercises and strength training. So I would definitely point people in the direction of the Facebook community because there's a lot of great, wonderful basics and things that people can incorporate at home, whether it's exercise or some nutrition and habits and even some mindset and lifestyle pieces to keep you encouraged and motivated along the way, you know, cause trying something new can be very difficult and it's great to have mm-hmm. a community of women around you who are all kind of in the same boat cheering you on. Um, so yeah, modern women getting fit. And we'll be sure and put a link to that in the show notes in case somebody's driving and, and can't write down uh, what that is right now. Um, how do your recommendations change the things you've just been talking about? How do your recommendations change for women as they age? So for instance, I turned 60 this year. So, um, you know, I'm at a different stage of life than, than I was back a a few years ago. What changes for us as we get older? Yeah, well, that's a loaded question, Laura. <laughs> Lots of things change, but no, mostly on the on the fitness side, the things that you know most women will experience will first be hormonal changes. I mean, our bodies change if you've had children. Um, as you get older, there are just certain hormone levels that start to change, which might affect how you feel. It might affect where you carry body weight, and so that's something to be thoughtful of. From the exercise side, one of the things we always want to make sure is that people, um, I, like I, I, there are really four pillars of good physical health with the strength, cardiovascular, um, exercise, flexibility and mobility and balance. And so I think at any age, but particularly as you get older and if you are entering into fitness for the first time as you're getting older, to really think about things like your your mobility. So just being able to move your body or move your joints in a way that is healthy. Um, and also strength training is really great to help with bone density. So we, you know, we've always seen the, Hey, my, my, my aunt or my grandmother broke a hip and that became, you know, catastrophic for her health wise. I mean, it is, um, strength training really helps with bone density, having healthy, strong bones as you get older. And so that's something that, a lot of people think that they can't do as they get older. And that's actually the opposite. You still want to do strength training. Now you may not be, you know, deadlifting 450 pounds, but once again, just having a a basic core strength routine is really important. And of course, cardiovascular exercise to make sure that you can stay at a healthy weight, that your cardiovascular health is, you know, is good because these are some of the things that we tend to see as we get older, uh, diabetes, those types of things, just having a good, healthy, well-rounded health routine. So I would definitely focus on mobility, especially as we're getting older, because our bodies just don't, you know, they don't do the things that they used to do when they were 20, at least mine doesn't. And, and again, making sure that strength training is a component of your workouts. I just know when I was growing up, strength training was never something that women did. And so I find that with the women that I work with, it's, it's new. And nowadays I think a lot of women, especially, you know, in gym class or in school and with sports, which is much more encouraged now than it was, you know, when I was growing up, I mean, they're getting introduced to these things, but women uh, who are thirties, forties, fifties, this might be new for them. So making sure that they're learning on how to do proper strength training to keep it safe, keep their bodies, their bones healthy is something I would focus on. Yeah. I think that's certainly something I've been thinking about a lot. And so I appreciate that advice. Oh, there is so much I want to ask you so many things we, we could continue talking about, but I don't want this to be a two hour long episode. And I know, and I want to be respectful of your time as well. I may, we, I may have to have you come back another time later in the year. Um, I would love that. Yeah. There's so, I mean, this is something that I'm highly passionate about. I'm sure you could tell. (laughs) So if you ever would love to bring me back, I'd love to come back and talk with you and your listeners. 
So before we go, I, I do want to ask you for, you know, listeners know that the community knows, and you know, that this, our conversation is part of a new series for the productive woman, something new we're doing for 2021, our productive living series, where we're, we're going to be talking about specific topics relevant to a woman's productivity. And so our conversation's been different from what uh, the conversations I've had with guests in past years. But I do want to ask you one question that I've always asked my guests, just because I just find it interesting. I know you have a lot of things you're doing and you have systems and tools in place to be productive in the way that you want to be and to manage the various roles that are important to you in your life. But do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you get just completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Yes, I'm, I'm chuckling because that was yesterday for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm human. I, I just like, I tell people, you know, your trainer's human, you know, you're, you're the person you look up to. I'm sure Laura, you're human and you have those days. We all have those days. And one of the things that I learned is that number one, it's okay. So the first thing I tell myself is, is Jennifer, it's okay that today is not going the way that you want it to. And yesterday I was, I, I had to get up super early. I did a, a TV segment, which was a morning segment, which meant I got up really early. So I was up early. Uh, my kids thought they, they needed to take a COVID test. I mean, I was just like, wow, there's a whole lot of stuff happening. And I just started to feel really anxious. And after everything was recorded for the television segment, there was something weird that happened with my clients. So I was kind of like in this putting out fires mode. And then my email was blowing up. And at some point, I think it was about two o'clock where I'm like, I have to step away. And I gave myself permission to take a nap in the middle of the day. And I don't normally mm -hmm. take naps. I usually don't get tired like that, but I could just feel myself retreating. So on days that I feel super overwhelmed, I tell myself it's okay. And I also have to remind myself if I let it go for a couple of hours, nothing is going to completely fall apart. So to mm -hmm. take those couple of hours to do something completely indulgent for me, which might be watching those sappy Netflix movies that I love or, you know, listening to a romance novel on my audible or taking a nap, I have to just walk away and say, it's all right. And if I don't take care of myself first, nothing else is going to be taken care of. So I have to walk away, give myself those couple hours. I took a 45 minute nap and life immediately felt better when I woke up. I wasn't yeah. so anxious. I was able to let things go. So when you're having that kind of a day, which you do, I mean, whatever that thing is, if you need 10 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe it's just breathing and, or sometimes <laughs> when I was a busy parent, I would hide in the bathroom because, you know, your kids can <laughs> find you everywhere. So I'd hide in the bathroom and just take a couple seconds to just take a deep breath, have a minute for myself and then get back to it. Yeah. Great advice. And a great approach. Um, Jennifer, where can people connect with you online if they want to know more about you and what you're doing, or maybe have a question for you, where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, the best place these days is Instagram. So Instagram.com slash the real Jennifer Nagel. And so there's a, you know, I love interacting with people on Instagram. There's a lot of great trainings on there that I do in my stories and posts. So the real Jennifer Nagel on Instagram. Excellent. And I will put a link to that in the show notes as well and to your website and various things like that. Before we go, many, maybe most of the women who listen to the Productive Woman podcast are looking for help, encouragement, ideas, whatever, in getting things done and making a life that matters. That's what we're here for thinking about how fitness fits into that objective. Do you have any last words for uh, the listener who might be looking for a little bit of encouragement or ideas today? Absolutely. First of all, congratulations. If you're thinking about this part of your life and understanding how important it is. And then the second thing I'll just say is take it slow. There is no, you know, timeline, deadline, you have to do this by this certain day because at the end of the day, it's just important that you take 
a step forward. So whatever that step is, just take it. And, you know, kudos on recognizing that you are the most important investment that you're going to have. You are the most important resource. So whether you are interested in fitness because you personally want to feel better, you feel like you're slugging it out at work, you're not, you know, able to perform in, in your family, just know that you are important. And the time that you take and dedicate to health and fitness is time well spent. And just take one step one step, and then you can take others from there. Great advice. I couldn't find a better way to end the conversation. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you, Laura. It was, it was my pleasure talking with you today. Well, I am so grateful to Jennifer for taking the time to talk with us about uh, how we can make time in our schedules, in our lives for fitness and why we should, uh, how we can deal with the, the often complicated relationship we as women have with our bodies. Uh, she had some really great insights there, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Jennifer or for me about the things that we talked about or any, any thoughts or comments on the, the things she and I discussed? I'd love to hear them. I know she would as well. You can share those in the comment section of the show notes, which again, you're going to find those at theproductivewoman.com slash 335. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that is always a great place to carry on these conversations. So feel free to post something in there uh, so we can continue talking about the things that Jennifer and I touched on in this episode. If you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, I'd love to hear from you. You can always email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I will get back to you just as quickly as I can. Before we go, just a special thank you to Calm for supporting the Productive Woman podcast. Remember that they're offering uh, that special limited time promotional offer of 40% off the Calm premium subscription that gives you unlimited access to their entire library, new content coming in every week. Visit calm.com slash TPW. Again, that's calm, C-A-L-M, calm.com slash TPW to get 40% off unlimited access to Calm's library. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Jennifer. I hope you felt like it was time well spent, that you found something in our conversation that was helpful to you, encouraging, whatever, something that uh, you can build into your life this week, maybe even today. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. Matter.